You're listening to the Multiverse Fancast, proud member of the Misfit Faction Media Network. All right, then. On with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Multiverse Fancast. If you guys are listening to us on the go, you can probably find us on Podbean, maybe Apple Podcasts, possibly Stitcher, maybe even Spotify. And I already said maybe, but I'm going to say it again, maybe even every other podcast listening station. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Paul. With me in the studio today is Rob. Rob, how are you today? Whoa! That's a, hi, I'm good and surprised to be called on first. Nice and also, here. we have Ronnie. Ronnie, how are you today? Who? You. Oh, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I wanted to change up the intro just because... Yeah, you changed it up, but I was ready to answer. I wasn't ready to answer. <laughs> we should start doing video really soon. But anyway, uh, thank you guys for joining us today, all three of us. And that's host number one. That's me. Host number two tonight is going to be Rob. Wow. Host number three is going to be Rob. I got a promotion. I don't have that many fingers. It's, it, you have more then. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, you use exactly. both hands. He was holding his crayons. But anyway, so uh, we are excited to be here, and we are even more excited to be continuing our countdown to The Batman with our Bat Month-themed episodes. And uh, we are taking a little trip down memory lane, both literally and figuratively, for today's episode. And we are breaking it up into two separate pieces. We're going to be talking about Batman, Mask of the Phantasm, and Batman Year One, the movie ends the graphic novel. So put on your cows. Slide down your bat pole and turbines to speed. More Batman puns. And I, I have an elevator, not a pole. That's not what I'm killing it with the puns. <laughs> oh, God. As long as we're not doing Batman and Robin, we already did that. We did Batman and Robin. Yeah, that that was, sucks. That was a cool episode. <sighs> Ice to see you. <sighs> Don't give me the cold shoulder. <laughs> he made so much money from that movie. Good he got him. Tom Bill. All right, anyway. All right, focus. Sorry, it's an icy subject. Focus. Nothing? All right, I was about to say. I, I, I give you a nod. I give you a nod. Mildly approving nod. The one thing I'm waiting for from my father, a mildly approving <laughs> nod. But anyway. So Aren't before, we all? <laughs> especially Bruce Wayne. Oh, oh he's going to wait a long time for that. Well, actually, never mind. We'll talk about that when we talk about Flashpoint. But so before we jump into that, we do have a fair amount of news. So, Mm -hmm. Rob, why don't you start us off with the news and then we'll finish up with the actual Misfit Show news. Yes, I actually have quite a bit of news. And the big news this uh, week is, and I think my co-host will agree with me, is renewed for season eight, Teen Titans Go. I actually physically hate you (laughs) right now. (laughs) And if people ask how I physically hate you, I actually feel sick. <laughs> yes, Teen Titans Go! has been renewed for an eighth season. We are all super excited for that because we're all Ooh. huge fans. I hate that show. <laughs> all right, maybe just me. Well, on the, on the, also in the spirit of renewal, Peacemaker has been renewed for season two with James Gunn writing and directing all episodes. Correct. Um, at this point in time, all seven episodes uh, or eight episodes of Peacemaker have been released. I am too behind because, like I have said in the past, Peacemaker is a lot. And I can only take but don't, like don't one you really episode. Want, don't you really want to taste it? I can only do one episode a week. I need like a whole week to decompress. Although I think I've learned all the dance moves now. I will put on the record that producer Melanie has memorized the opening scene dance. 
we need to totally do that as a flash mob. I, I just want to get her on a reel for oh, uh, Instagram or something yeah. like that. I think she'd I would kill do it. it with her. Oh yeah, she she kills it. Yes. But uh, for those of you guys who are, qu- are wondering, we are planning our Peacemaker review. Hopefully a written one by either myself or Rob, because I know Rob, like he said, he takes a, a little time in between. I count down the seconds to that show. <sighs> I will argue that that is one of my favorite comic book I, TV shows, and I think it's I think, the best DC TV show. I think I love it. I don't know. I might hate it. I think uh, when <laughs> I you can't tell when you get uh, the payoff of the season finale. I'm so confused with the show. But we're gonna do our episode for it though after Bat Month. So once the dust the dust kind of settles yeah. from the Batman and we we have our time to really enjoy and uh, get into it, we'll definitely. I yeah, think absolutely. Pete Baker is on our schedule for the. So Warner Brothers, an additional in a new piece here, Warner Brothers Pictures is developing in the process for the DCEU on HBO Max. Their next live-action DC film, where they've enlisted Black Adam Scribe, Adam Zekiel? Nailed it. Nailed it. (laughs) To write and direct the project. And that project centers around not the one and only super-powered alien siblings... The Wonder Twins. I am oddly excited. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder Twin powers activate. So they had the Wonder Twins on Smallville years and oh years God, ago. Did they? One, the boy. I forget what the names of the characters are. Please don't don't come at me in the comments. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I think like Z- Z- Zane and Jada or something like that. But uh, I the, just remember that one of them always turned into an animal, and one of them form, turned into forms of water. Any form of water. Yeah. yeah. But uh, the uh, the boy was played by the ki- one of the kids from Seventh Heaven. The middle, <laughs> the, the middle one, God. the younger son. Oh, okay. yeah. So I, I, I did. They, but unfortunately, on Smallville, because they were so restricted with what they did, and obviously it's a lot of prequel stuff. Right. They wouldn't say Wonder Twin powers activates. They would just say powers activate <laughs> and, they, and do they, their little did they bump fists. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh I'm all about it. All about. Did they it. have the monkey? They paid homage to the monkey. Okay, so like did. she had a sticker of the monkey on like her backpack right. or something like, or on her phone or something like that. Yeah, Smallville was. Very, very special. We are going to eventually do a bonus episode on Smallville, and we're going to have Sean from Cinematic Adventures co-host that with me because yeah. that is one of our favorite shows of all time. I, I saw, I've seen, I think one episode. Well, I've never seen it. Only same, only five hundred more. I to know. Go. I think was it ten seasons? Ten seasons. Wow. That's it for renewal news. Now we get into some trailer news. So Moon Knight had a few spots. There nothing, was nothing, yeah, nothing new. Nothing yeah. new. Really, it was a yeah. Super Bowl spot. It's intriguing. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm on board. I, I like it. The Boys Diabolical had a trailer. So excited. Which, yes. that went bonkers. I don't know what to think about it. it, it it's that just one, like the show. That one also seems like a lot. And, and I, I hope they don't release too much all at once. That, yeah. Oh, are they releasing all the episodes at once? I don't, I don't, I don't know. know either. <laughs> but it's... It's different animators, different animation styles, and every week is a new thing. It, you know what it kind of reminded me? I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. The Netflix series Love, Death, and Robots. No. Where I've they, heard of you've it. You've heard of it? Yeah. It's, it's the same idea where it's, it's like an anthology series where everything is loosely connected. Mm-hmm. They're all kind of in the same universe, but they also like each episode has like different directors and different styles to it so you get like different approaches to the material because i saw like there was one episode in this diabolical that looked very rick and morty ish yeah you know others that look almost like a japanimation kind of feel to it i thought he was gonna say geppetto for some reason (laughs) japanimation japanimation japanese animation anime why didn't you just say anime because i said japanimation i don't know if that's a word he's being studious 
Can or get, if, it, if it is a word, is it is are we allowed to say it anymore? And that's the question that really I wanted to ask, but I wasn't sure if I was allowed to ask the question. Moving I don't on, know. moving on. Very all right. Quickly. Now I know what I have to look up. But yeah, it, it had like an anime feel to it. Mm-hmm. We other had uh, spots. We <laughs> other had spots. <laughs> You've thrown me now. Um, and then finally, the big, 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 big trailer is for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Oh, it had a trailer? I didn't even see it. Mm-hmm. 9,000 times. I know. Professor me, Xavier's me in it. No, he's not. Yes, he is. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Nope. This is riveting. Continue. So <laughs> the, biggest, the biggest takeaway from the trailer is there is a scene. A mystery voice. There is a scene and it's... For those of you guys who don't know, Doctor Strange is part of a group in the Marvel Comics called the Illuminati. The Illuminati is basically a representative for the main factions of all the Marvel superhero-type communities. You have Doctor Strange, who represents the magical, Black Bolt, who represents the Inhumans, Reed Richards, who represents the humans, Professor Xavier, who represents mutants, and I think Namor, who represents the, I uh, think you're right. the Atlanteans. So, Because there are Atlanteans in... Marvel, not yes. just, you know, obviously right. everybody knows Aquaman at this point. but And they are kind of like a, a secret powerhouse behind. And there is a scene of this, in this trailer, where he is being led by what looks like Ultron robots. Mm-hmm. And he's in yes. cuffs, and he's presented to what looks like a several individuals sitting at uh, thrones. And one of them is a shot, an over, over-the-shoulder shot of a man that appears to be bald, and his voiceover sounds just like Patrick, Patrick Stewart. Stewart. I am not okay. I don't want Patrick. Like I love Patrick Stewart. I don't want him to be Xavier, the Professor yeah. Xavier of this continuity, because we had his story. Like, don't get me wrong. It's fun when they drop the cameos. Tommy Maguire and Andrew Garfield, cool. Because mm-hmm, it works. Drop the cameos. That's awesome. It's it's a great you know, and it adds to the story. We have the story of Professor Xavier. We want a new. We right. want the new a new X Men in. Yeah. the marvel universe the mcu itself so it just i feel like it's their marvel might be limiting themselves by playing too much into the hey hey you, you, you remember because a lot of theories there are a lot of theories that I, ian gruffold gruffold i forget we, we Shoot, looked it we up. spent like 10 minutes we doing did. this i own and we were wrong yeah probably the original who had played reed richards yes. in uh Fantastic Four and Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. There are rumors that he might cameo as Mr. Fantastic yeah. or John Krasinski. Mm-hmm. People have been dissecting this trailer yeah. uh, like a lot. I'm they, watching it now as you're speaking because there's just so many great things in it. So apparently in the poster, somebody claims that they found uh, Deadpool. Peggy. Oh, yeah. Deadpool. Deadpool. I, was, I thought um, you were going to say Peggy Carter. And, she's... and Ryan Reynolds is being very coy. Yeah. very Andrew Garfield coy. Oh, no. But, uh, yes, there are rumors that Peggy Carter yep, as, as uh, um, Captain Britain as Captain Britain would mm-hmm. be in it. There, th- Unfortunately, I re- same thing with Spider-Man. I don't want to set my bar this high because yeah. Yeah. I'd rather just enjoy it. I have to say, the thing that my takeaway from the trailer was that there is definitely a creepy horror vibe coming yeah. off this movie, which I was hoping for. Like, one of my favorite Raimi movies is Drag Me to Hell. Oh, it's a good uh, one. Oh, my gosh. That it's terrifying. Yeah. And it's, it ends on such a dour note. Yeah. And I love, of course, Darkman. And so when we... Actually, I have on our schedule, when we get closer to the Multiverse of Madness, we are going to be looking at some Raimi stuff, like Darkman, and maybe even... 
Maybe, I was going to say, maybe even Evil Dead. I kind of had that as we a question argue, mark on there. Yeah. We could argue Evil Dead is a because com- it does have a comic book yeah, series. Yeah, it does. And, it does. Yeah. And, and, and at this point, Evil Dead is one of those weird franchises that started off as like an actual horror franchise, yeah. like a horror movie. The original Evil Dead's like scary. Yeah, it's because yeah. it's then the it gets, typical cabin in the woods and haunted. But then of. it gets like goofy. That's the second one where they, he introduces those like three stooge elements, and then of. like yeah. so campy about the time he hails to the king, baby. And oh. but like it's all cheesy eighties. <laughs> Yeah. Fun and we all love it. More news? So, no, but the, I, I know I'm really excited for Multiverse of Madness, mm-hmm. and that's only a couple months away now. That's yeah. May 5th. Well, yeah. as of recording, fun fact, we're two weeks away from Batman. Yeah. I know. I'm excited. Very excited. <laughs> but uh, don't forget, guys, if you uh, are enjoying the show and you're enjoying the Misfit Faction, we have a couple of new things that are going on. Thanks to Ronnie and his hard work behind the scenes, we now have the Misfit Faction stories up and running so if you guys are looking to buy some misfit swag whether it's uh i believe we have t-shirts for the multiverse fan cast cinematic adventures the misfit faction mf uncensored and we have stickers to match now obviously this is just the early stages of our store we do want to expand our uh our what we have to sell our swag our swag there will be a fun fact fanny pack at some point it, it we we have been looking into it it yes. is on it is on the so docket we just ronnie's face on it <laughs> it's gonna be your face yeah, fun fact, fanny pack kind of guy. He's the he's the one with the fanny pack idea here. I say we put Ronnie on it. No, because I, I want... say we put all our faces on it. I don't really know if <laughs> I maybe want... we should leave it up to the consumer. Could uh, have various options, you know, one with each of us. Or we should do what um, Jason Lee did in Clerks, or not Clerks, excuse me, Mallrats, where he took the photos of all the other people yes. that auditioned for Brody and morphed them into one. Yep. <laughs> That'd be fun. Uh, so make sure you guys check that out. Also, if you guys are an aspiring podcaster, somebody that wants to give a show a try and doesn't know where to start, we want to help you. We want uh, to give you some of our knowledge, some of our information, and also help you get started. So if you guys are looking to start your very own show, go to podbean.com slash misfitfaction. There you'll get one month of free podcasting on us. So we would love to help you guys. If you're looking to start your own show and you're looking for a network to join, reach out to us. We would love to talk to you and kind of get you started. So that's podbean.com slash misfitfaction. Or if you have an online service, a business, something you'd like to promote, something that you would enjoy sharing with the world, not just our show, but trillions of other podcasts that are out there you can go to sponsorship.podbean.com slash misfit faction and there you'll get a hundred dollars worth of free advertising as a gift from us for uh, all of your loyal listening ness we'll help you design your own fanny pack yes you have fanny packs for everybody so make sure you guys uh, check out those links check out all of our different options and we are going to take a quick break and when we come back we are talking batman mask of the phantasm but first a quick break Today's episode is brought to you by Ray's Energy Drinks from Rep Sports. Whether you're trying to crush your afternoon workout or just need a little extra pick-me-up, Ray's Energy is just the boost that you're going to need. So if you go to repsports.com and any product that you order, enter the code MISFIT89 at checkout to receive 15% off. Anything that you guys buy from that store helps our network grow, and we fully, fully appreciate everything you guys do. That's MISFIT89 at checkout, repsports.com. All right, and welcome back, and here we go, and now we are starting off with a movie that I actually saw in theaters, a movie that has developed such an incredible following in its release. I don't believe it was the the biggest critical success, if memory serves correct. Uh, Well, I know—well, first you should say the title. Batman. (laughs) I mean— 
Mask of the Phantasm. Mask of the Phantasm. I mean, it's actually got pretty decent reviews, but it could just be as of late. Like maybe when it first came out, it wasn't a big hit. But well, I know originally when they were put it together, it was originally supposed to go direct to video. Correct. Mm-hmm. And they ended up saying it was good enough for a theatrical release. And this was also during the height of Batman the Animated right. Series. Yes. For those of you guys, if you were born in the 90s, or you were a child of the 90s, or you were a teenager, or, you know, whatever Rob was in the 90s. I was <laughs> married. <laughs> late 90s. Nin- yeah, I was married in 97. That late 90s, yeah, you're right. good. All right. I was in college. Okay. <laughs> but uh, Batman the Animated Series is a staple not only of, you know, at the time TV shows, mm-hmm. but also as of, you know, it's 2022 and it's still considered one of the greatest, if not the greatest animated uh, superhero show. And that was in competition with shows like X-Men the Animated Series. What else did we have? We had Spider-Man coming out at the same yep. time. You had your Fantastic Four. You know, had all these great superhero shows. But Batman the Animated Series is widely considered to be top tier the best of the best and that is a combination of not only the dark stylistic noir tones but also the complex villains and of course the voice acting yeah Yeah, kevin conroy for a lot of people the definitive batman yeah i i think we had this discussion last week when we talked about uh, fan feedback friday yeah yeah and kevin conroy was brought up as the best batman you're welcome yeah 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 (laughs) I mean, you're welcome for the Fan Feedback Friday that I have to think of. You're welcome for the answer. Hey. But, <laughs> and then, you know, obviously Mark Hamill as the Joker is right. still yes. legendary, like, and just so powerful. And in fact, there is this, by the way, full spoilers for this movie that came out in 1993. <laughs> <laughs> but one of my favorite shots is at the very end when you see... Uh, Andrea yeah. Beaumont hold, holding the Joker, yep. and he knows that everything's about to explode, and he just starts laughing hysterically. Hysterically, yeah. and the music the music in this is fantastic very yep. dramatic very operatic but initial thoughts now that i've rambled for four minutes let's go with ronnie so i saw this for the first time on wednesday and i am very disappointed in myself for not seeing this before at least one time before wednesday i think it's a fantastic movie i think you know you alluded to the voice acting you know you have iconic voicing done in this you know and it's a great storyline gives you kind of feels of you know batman year one which we'll be talking about a little later on in the episode but honestly out of every single batman movie whether live action or animated this is probably top five i would say solid Rob? So when I was putting together the shows for the month, I figured, you know, I should do something animated. And and my experience with animated is very, very limited. I've only seen a few. And and to be honest, Wednesday was the first time I saw this also. (laughs) But I didn't watch it together. The reason (laughs) I put it on the list was because I looked up, you know, online everyone's top five or ten lists or whatever of yeah. animated Batman stuff, and all of them have this at the top. Mm-hmm. All of them say it's it's the best one that's out there. And I, I kind of took that with a grain of salt and thinking, you know, well, it's... it's, it's you know, I've never been much into the DC uh, animated universe. I've, I've heard great things, but I, I've tried watching a couple of things. But I was 
really pleasantly surprised by this. I was very much into it. I thought it was thematically rich. I thought like there were moments where something would happen and I'd have to say, wait a minute, I got to go back and see mm-hmm. where earlier that referenced this and brought this moment to it. And so I was rewinding and going back and forth and everything. And it's it's just, it's a really strong piece. I, it made me question a lot as to what do I want in a mm-hmm. Batman movie? Mm. And I, I don't think I, it, like this has really thrown me now a lot because I don't know if I know what I want in a Batman movie <laughs> anymore because we've had so many different approaches. It's interesting because, you know, We've seen we we joke constantly about seeing the like the deaths of the Waynes, yeah. seeing Krypton explode, seeing Uncle Ben die, like some of these superhero tropes that that have been you know I don't want to say beaten into the ground, but are, they're just they're part of the story that we constantly constantly see. Mm-hmm. You know it, they're iconic to a point too. You know everybody knows that Superman comes to Earth because his planet explodes. Peter Parker bitten by a radioactive spider. His uncle dies because he of his inaction. But they've always found ways to make them interesting, and this mm-hmm. is one of the first times, and I know I talked about it when we talked about Keaton and we talked about Christian Bale, mm-hmm. this is the Batman origin story of Kevin Conroy's Batman, mm-hmm. and I would argue it is the most, out of the three that we've discussed now thus far, Christian yeah. Bale, Michael Keaton, and, and Kevin Conroy, this one has the most emotional weight and gravitas to it, and yeah. you find a better representation of Batman of Bruce Wayne being being trapped between am I am I this vigilante crusader on this mission this mm-hmm. mission or do I get my chance to live a happy normal loving yes, life yeah. because for those of you guys who don't know this movie cuts back and forth between a series of flashbacks of Bruce Wayne basically returning to Gotham City after his years abroad training and building himself into a living weapon and running into a woman by the name of Andrea Beaumont. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts back to the set, to the main focus where in the present timeline, there's a mysterious killer traveling through Gotham and this killer is killing, because that's what killers do. <laughs> <laughs> Dummy. Because I keep wanting to say he, and we'll talk about the phantasm yeah, in a second. Yeah. Um, the, this phantasm is going through the mob bosses of Gotham and using mm-hmm. lethal force. Yes. Right. This was a kid's cartoon. Yeah. yeah. So... I believe it was the first one, first Batman cartoon that was rated PG. Well, I think I read first, that somewhere. First live action cartoon theatrical release. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now let's talk about the Phantasm because they do a little bit of bait and switch with the Phantasm. I, which I fell for. Yes. Yes. Uh, the Phantasm is a completely original villain who made their one appearance in this and then actually cameoed in Justice League Unlimited years really? later mm. in an episode where they go to the future and talk about Batman Beyond. Oh, cool. it was, uh, it's an episode oh, wow. called Epilogue. It's fantastic. If uh, you guys were Justice League fans, you would know the episode. Mm-hmm. But uh, original character, we do find out that the Phantasm is actually Andrea Beaumont because they, 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 yeah. there are a lot of red herrings throughout right. it and well, obviously it's a masculine ca- type of character. Well, also it should be noted that the person who, Stacey Keach, who I, I love his voice and he, I'm a big fan of Stacey Keach, his, he plays Andrea Beaumont's father, but also is the voice of the Phantasm. Yeah. So they do so a really good So you think it's him all this time. Yep. And that's why she's yeah. actually back. She's protecting her father and all that. Yeah. So let's, thoughts on the Phantasm. Original character, does it work that it's an original character? Would it have been better if it was another character that's pre-existing? 
I already asked Ronnie his thoughts first, so let's go, Rob. Thoughts first on the Phantasm. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I was wondering if it had any roots in the comics because it felt like it did, and I'm glad to hear that it didn't because that makes it all the more authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that they came up with something original that feels like it fits the continuity works really, really well, and it's it's a great villain too. It's 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 mysterious it's it's you know ghostly it's it, you don't really know you know and it 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 murders without any prejudice it, you know it, it just has you know you don't really know what the rules are for this thing because you know and it's also it brings a level of super, so basically it's almost it's batman unhinged yes it really is and you know batman like he he preys on the superstitions and the fears of criminals i think michael keaton's batman will always be the best at it you know he does these big arm motions and trying to make himself look more than human but there are times where like people are like shooting at the at the phantasm throwing things at it and it just goes right through so i I like how rob you you brought up the the almost ethereal spectral style of the phantasm and of course the hook hands i i really (laughs) oh yeah i've got to say and and you know it's it's you can watch this on hbo max if you have not seen this yet like ronnie said too he wishes he should see it sooner you really need to check this out it is really worth a watch and it is not a long movie it is what an hour and 18 Yeah. yeah yeah it's short and it's worth your time. It's it's one of the best Batman stories that I've seen. Yeah. Ronnie, thoughts on Andrea Beaumont slash The Phantasm? Again, I, I kind of just got to echo what you guys said. Like, it, it, at first, it's like, all right, who who is this? You know, and like you, know, like you guys said, it's just you're not thinking it's going to be her. But then there's also that small little part of your brain that's like, it is her. You know, I think just circumstances and the way she was playing the game i guess you could say it kind of hinted at her but you definitely thought it was going to be you know her dad but uh, overall i think it's a great choice it's one of my favorite villains that we've had you know put aside the joker i i think it's better than some of his other uh, villains that he's had in his career but it, it was just weird because i would love to know how she came up with the technology to have that, like the oh, soup be that way. Easy answer. She got money. They did an actual analysis about how expensive mm-hmm. it would be to be Batman, and Bruce Wayne's a billionaire, yeah, and 3. it would five million. Yeah, I, we talked about we it, talk, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am so like I'm He's just tired. I'm but, so tired. But Daddy's got the but Daddy's go got it. the money. Yeah, and, and he doesn't really have money though because in the in this, he owes the mob money. Mm-hmm. And so, they go with that. But, you know. You but know how- I'm, I'm just curious. Not that it's like a fault. in right. the, I mean, it's kind of a fault in the movie. Because I'm just curious to know, A, is what does she do? Like, is she smart enough to create the technology or well, they have the to, compound? Well, they must be wealthy because her mother's buried in the same cemetery as the Waynes. Right. But, and that's how they meet. Yeah. Yes. But I think that's because dad was involved with the mob. So he had money by proxy, kind of. So he was able to kind of have her in oh, there. Okay. So that but, photo that they showed yes. of all the people. Yeah. So, but I, I got to say, I was shocked. What surprised me most was the presence of the Joker. I didn't think the Joker yes. was in this. Yes. And then when he shows up, I'm like, wow, this is actually even better now. Yeah. And it's funny because we, we've talked at, at Nauseam about the Joker and mm-hmm. how we like. You know, you get a lot of flavors of the Jokers. Like in this one, he, 
he kind of reminds me a little bit of Jared Leto's Joker in just the terms of like, like they hire him. Yeah. He's, he's mm. like, he's you get hired him, muscle. He's, he's not the big bad. People know that like how dangerous he is and how he'll, he'll be a hired goon. And we've talked about, you know, the Joker, we've seen gangster Joker. We've seen mobster Joker. They're different. I don't, I can't. Yeah, yeah no, I, I get that. Like your gangster Joker is your Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. Your mobster Joker is, is your Jared Keith, Leto. Well, I would Keith say Ledger mobster. Anarchist. Anarchist. I would argue that yeah. that's that's anarchist Jared Leto. Um, or I, no, excuse me, Heath Ledger. Yeah, I I was, and he dies. Mm, not really. Joker in this? No, I mean the, the, the show continues. The sh- you don't know. No, I'll I'll tell you that this is part of the continuity of the show, uh, and yeah. he he comes back in the show. Yeah, no. Can't you know, carry on. I I read something. I just got to bring it up. No, he. Uh, you know, just like how Andrea doesn't die in that explosion either. Yeah. So, but the the Joker in this is basically he's down on his luck. He's living in this abandoned world of tomorrow type place, mm-hmm. and he he basically like he'll do anything for money. And he has ties to the family that's or all these families that are being killed by the Phantasm because you yes. do find out that he was originally a hired goon with that i do yeah. like how they don't they don't give him a name they don't tell you his backstory yeah that he was just part of this ronnie what did you think of the joker in this movie i i feel like the the, the joker to me is someone that isn't necessarily always the villain but he's on the bad side always mm-hmm. you know like you know he's the one that sends people out he he, he in a way is your mafia boss he he has his minions go out and cause the trouble, so his hands are clean. You know, rarely do you really see him doing stuff, which is kind of how this movie starts. But then it goes to him being more hands on, and then this is the Joker. Joker, okay, yeah. And then Mark Hamill. I mean, all right, here I found it. it. This is from IMDb. This is in the trivia. It says, This film was originally going to mark the end of Batman the Animated Series, which Mm -hmm. ended in 1992, which explains why the Joker seemingly dies at the end. In addition, the movie was originally going to be a two-part episode of the animated series called Masks, featuring Batman Year Two's villain Reaper. But obviously that didn't happen, because this show also then continued into the new Batman adventures and Justice League. Justice no one League ever Unlimited. really dies. Nobody ever really dies. <laughs> I loved the Joker's lair in this, too, where he takes over yeah. the, the world of tomorrow. Or, or I know it's supposed to be like a World's Fair reference, kind yeah. of. Yeah. And there's just so... you know. What I another thing I loved about this movie is I you can't really tell what the time period is, mm-hmm. and that was the animated series. Yeah, it was, it's, it's same thing we talked about when we talked about Batman. It's timeless. It's like a fifties film noir kind of feel yeah. to it, but it's like the police modern. are riding around in blimps, right? But yeah. it's modern. I, I don't know, and I loved that. It was its own world. One of my favorite scenes in this movie, though, is when Batman gets unmasked and he's running away from the cops. Yeah. And Commissioner Gordon tries to. So basically, what happens is Bat, people think Batman's doing this. Mm-hmm. That the he's killings. Yeah. that he is gone off the rails, and he's because the animated series never really specifically says he doesn't kill, but like people know he doesn't kill. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't kill his villains. Mm-hmm. So they think the Phantasm is causing is framing Bat. Not almost unintentionally framing Batman because I wouldn't at, even say the phantasms framing. I think it was just that one unintentionally. Scene. Yeah. Like, you know, people think, cause they see that same silhouette they, and they, a lot of people yeah. call the phantasms like, is, is that Batman? Yeah. Cause I think it, what, what it was, was when, um, 
who did the Phantasm kind of drive off the parking garage? Was it Valestra? I can't remember. One of, one of them kind of drove off, right. and Batman was seen standing there. Was standing yeah. there, and people looked up and saw Batman there, you know, and that kind of is what sparked it, you know, because nobody saw the Phantasm, and none of these mob bosses even right. like testified or gave statements. I'm sure. Really, you think, <laughs> you think the mob boss? But uh, I I love the scene where Batman's running from the police, and Commissioner Gordon is still trying mm-hmm. to help him because he knows that Batman's innocent. Yeah. And we're gonna, in our next episode, we're actually talking about Commissioner Gordon and those mm-hmm. characters and those kind of relationships that Batman has created, and. I think it, it's just very. It, again, the music is what sells it. The for music this. is fantastic. It's re, there are three moments in this in this movie where the music is just epic, and that is one of them where he's running without his mask on and everybody's mm-hmm. chasing him. Mm-hmm. The shot of the Joker and Andrea disappearing into the explosion, yep. and the last shot of him standing on the the gargoyle or whatever or the rooftop, mm-hmm. and yeah. the, the bat signal goes up, and and just like huge music, his mm-hmm. his cape goes like three times bigger. There were. There's just so many good moments. I still think back to that moment when Batman is he's sitting on the edge of a building with gla- uh, binoculars in the rain looking at the girl that he's sort of in love with mm-hmm. and, and it's just it's it's a creepy image and it's so like it, it embodies so much of Batman that he is uh, obsessive and everything like it's it was such a the whole movie is so creative and interesting and what a cast it's yeah. it's one of the deepest dives into Bruce yeah. Wayne's psychology because mm-hmm. you know we we've talked obviously we talked about Christian Bale last week and mm-hmm. they don't really dive into his dependence on being Batman right this is the version that he tried he tried to look at the possibility of another life and then when that life was taken from him just like how his parents were that's when he fully committed to the idea of i was never supposed to be bruce wayne yeah i was always supposed to be batman and pretending to be bruce wayne i love the moments when he's struggling with his identity at his parents grave and he what's the line something about like you know i never expected to find happiness yeah yes. something along those lines yeah. yeah and it's it's sad oh. yeah i love the shot of him holding the mask when he's about mm-hmm. to put it on for the first time. It's yeah. a great silhouetted shot. And even Alfred kind of reacts when oh, he puts yeah. on the mask. Yeah. I really enjoy the scene of him trying to be a vigilante ninja. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because he, he, you know, obviously he has his first night out and it doesn't go well. Batman Begins does it a little bit. Yeah, Batman um, Year One kind of does it too. And, and he realizes that the criminals aren't afraid of him. Like he, he defeats the criminals, but he gets his ass kicked yeah. too. Yep. But he realizes like, I need to have a, something to scare people and then you get your iconic bat through the bat. window yeah. yeah and when bat comes through the window the glass everywhere and he decides to become shards of glass man oh yeah watch <laughs> it those are, those are sharp man you're gonna hurt yourself careful yeah imagine if you just thought about it that way and it's funny because this was before um robin was introduced i believe into the mm-hmm. animated show because mm-hmm. they introduced robin but they used him very sporadically and that was a, that was a creative choice they wanted to introduce robin but they also wanted it to still be a Batman show. I, I read somewhere that the reason Robin isn't in this is they justified it with saying, well, he's off at college. Yes, yeah. and that's one of the other things. When they re, when they is, introduced Robin, he's, he's, he's older. Mm-hmm. I'd say like that, 16, 17. Isn't that where Steve is too? Oh, Steve, uh, Blue's Clues Steve. <laughs> Did you hear they're doing a, a, a Blue's Clues <laughs> movie with all three of them? Yeah. Oh, they're, oh yeah. They all have their they're own They're pulling poses. a Spider-Man. Spider-Man No <laughs> yeah. Way Home style. But, uh, you know, for Robin, they introduced him, and 
they introduced him as a child, but mm-hmm. he didn't. Be, they introduced him as Robin, yeah. and he's much mm-hmm. older. That's a whole other story that they do really well in this show. And then they introduced uh, Tim Drake, Robin, but they kind of mix him with Jason Todd because they were did they did not want to do the Killing Joke, which no, kind of surprised. Uh, watch yeah. it. She crushes a guy with his with uh, yeah. a gravestone in this. Yeah, there's some brutal killings. There are some very brutal killings. And say what you will about you know cartoons at the time, but it's because of this show. That Spider-Man, the animated series, was so mm-hmm. heavily censored. Yeah. Like, to the point where Spider-Man couldn't throw a punch. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, any, not, anything else you guys want to I want to bring up the cast. Yeah, go for and it. And not just Kevin Conroy. He's awesome. But you have Dana Delaney as Andrea Beaumont. China Beach Dana Delaney, for those of you 80s kids out there. Abe Vigoda yeah. as Sal Velestra. How great was it to hear Abe Vigoda's voice coming out of a cartoon character? I was so excited to hear he that. He looks like a cartoon oh, character. Man. Stacey Keach, of course, who's an incredible was an incredible voice. The the late great Dick Miller. Mm-hmm. If you don't know who Dick Miller is, you probably know him from Gremlins. He played yep. Mr. Futterman. He was in The Burbs. He was in Terminator. He was in The Howling. He only died like uh, in January 2019. He was 90 years old. But he and he's just Dick Miller was just he would show up in everything. He's got like 184 credits to his name, wow. and he's he's just an inc- a great character actor. Mm-hmm. And he's his voice is in there. Like it was just so much fun. Like you know they found a way to make Batman psychologically engaging and fun at the same time without it being like jokey and over the top and selling out mm-hmm. yeah i mean the only time you get like actual jokes you get you get barbs and quips from uh batman and andrea they mm-hmm. they do their back and forth yeah she also has one of the most savage burns ever on batman where she's um he says something about being controlled by uh, her father, and she goes, the only person controlled by their parents in this room is you. Mm. <laughs> and it's like, woof. Yeah. It is a lean movie, too. Like, there is not a wasted bit of dialogue. Everything yeah. had Everything, a point. Yeah. Yep. But I really, this movie is, is such a solid entry. It's, um, and it's it's well loved by the fans. It's still yeah. it's still considered one of the better Batman I re- adaptations. I remember it took years for it to come out on, like, Blu-ray, uh, not Blu-ray, but at the time, vi- videotape and, and DVD. VHS. Like it was a big, it was big news when it came finally came yeah. out, and it was years later, mm-hmm. and it was a big celebration then because it was finally available to everybody. But I, I just, I can't believe that years have gone by and I've never seen this. I've yeah. known about it, but I've never knew. I never imagined it would be this good. Yeah. Oh yeah, it, it really is. So having said that, Star City ratings for Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. Ronnie, I'm gonna give this a four. I think just overall very solid, you know, especially for an animated movie because I feel like animated movies get looked down upon. To me, this is top five Batman movies of all time. But I mean, from from the cast to the story, you know, it is an old, obviously an older movie. I mean, almost thirty years old. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, so like, yes, animating like watching it now is jarring. You know, in a way, but it's like it brings you back to your childhood because this is what we grew up watching this kind of style. It's, you know, developed so much better. But and like I said, just the Phantasm is definitely one of the best villains we've had on screen. I would love to see a live action Phantasm. Yes. It'd be really cool. Rob? I concur with your four stars. I think it is a solid entry. I think it should be required viewing. And I want to stress something I haven't mentioned yet. 
the gorgeous hand-drawn animation. Mm-hmm. It is so beautiful to look at, you know, in an age of, of CGI and, and, you know, impractical effects and, and, you know, computer animation and everything. It's just so beautiful to see that, that sort of a little, almost kind of like jerky animated movement to the characters that that only comes from it being you know hand drawn frame by frame and it's it's the artwork is gorgeous the music is soaring the the uh voice work is on point like it it's i i would say this would is better than some of the batman trill you know trilogies and series yeah i'm gonna give it a four as well i think straight force across the board is is fair i think the only other animated movie especially that really can give it a run for its money is the lego batman movie which is hilarious yeah. to, which is hilarious to say but we are not our, the killing joke i hate the killing joke not the comic the movie no but so for me like this is if we were to see any of these things in a live action batman movie we'd be blown away oh yeah Bat- the animated series of batman has brought so many amazing things not just characters like the phantasm original character Harley Quinn, original character, but some of the greatest, my favorite Batman scene doesn't come from the Phantasm, but like the whole series. Batman, I think it's the Batman and Superman crossover where Batman is investigating like Lex Luthor's office and one of Lex Luthor's goons opens the door and Batman turns and looks at him and the goon looks at him, closes the door (laughs) and another guy's walking by. He's like, see anything? And he's like, nope. (laughs) And it's just like the... The level of respect for the character of Batman in this movie alone is just, you could tell that they went into this to make almost a Batman and a Bruce Wayne movie and then build around Mm -hmm. that. You know what? Maybe that's what makes this movie work so well is because it is a big Bruce Wayne movie. Mm -hmm. Like you've learned so much about that character uh, more so than Batman, because I think we already know so much about Batman, but we don't know if, enough about Bruce. Especially yeah. in the animated show. The animated show was a Batman show. Yeah, really. You know, the the Dark Knight trilogy was a Bruce Wayne-centered. Like, yeah. he was the focus. Right. Like, the not the facade he puts on, and not Batman, but him, which I can respect. But I think this is probably top tier yeah. one of my favorites yeah see all right now i'm gonna say something and this will transition us into the next movie too because you say i would love to see some of the things from phantasm work its way into the live action i feel as if phantasm is its own thing and if it were to translate to another medium it would lose something mm-hmm. which is where i feel the issue is with batman year one which is what we're talking about now yeah all right so rob tell us some of your thoughts on batman year so, one i am a big fan of the comic i i own the comic i have taught the comic a few times i i think i've taught it for three years maybe even four with students who who always love batman year one because it's a look into his origin story but not from the you know it, it doesn't overdo the death of the waynes mm-hmm. too much it's all about him. It's like, and it's moments we've never really seen of him like trying things that don't work out very well. You know, we're getting beat up and getting seriously hurt and having to take time off because he's got, you know, broken bones. And it's also a very Jim Gordon centered story, too, which is kind of neat. Yeah. So it, it, you know, the, the comic, it's a four issue comic. It came out, I want to say, in the late 80s maybe mid to late 80s, and it's Frank Miller. You know, Frank Miller was the one who revolutionized so much of, of Batman. And I... 87. 87 was when it was? Okay. And this movie, 
It's a fine movie. It's fine. It's it doesn't do anything that the comic doesn't already do. It doesn't bring anything new to it. It's almost a shot for shot make of the comic. And sometimes so remakes of of comic books are always very tricky. Killing joke. So, all right, so we, we keep let's, – let's, let's address this elephant now. We keep bringing up The Killing Joke. The Killing Joke is considered to be one of the greatest, if not the greatest, yes. Batman and, and Joker story of all yes. time. Oh, it's amazing. And it establishes a lot of things about the Joker that are currently used in the main continuities. Mm-hmm. And we should say it is a graphic novel, not a comic, because it has a definitive beginning and a definitive end to it. Correct. Yes. Now, the challenge they ran into when they adapted it was it was very short, mm-hmm. and they had to pad out the runtime. So they no, decided, they <laughs> to a point, they needed to pad out the runtime, but they could have done it in a better way. Yeah. yeah. So they decided they wanted to put the focus on Barbara Gordon because she's a focal point of the story that mm-hmm. one one bad day can ruin any person. And I don't have a problem with that. I see where the logic is. Yes. I see. Mm-hmm. But then they destroy the character of Barbara Gordon, who is an amazing character in the comics, and they morally downgrade Batman in this mm-hmm. because of a decision. So basically, there's a scene, and this is a rated R cartoon, it is. and there's a scene where Barbara Gordon seduces Batman, and he and he goes with it. Um, yeah, and she's, she acts like a, like a needy girlfriend and yeah. just almost stalkerish in it when she's considered one of not only the the smartest women in, you know, the, the the DC universe, but also just such a powerful role model for young girls too. So unfortunately, the Killing Joke. We'll never. We might do a full episode on it one day, but maybe just like terrible adaptations. But yeah. Yeah. so the reason we bring that up though is just because we keep mentioning how bad it is. Yeah, it's it's and and they do end up doing a lot of shot for shot stuff, but they add they the padding is just it it destroys the spirit of the story. Right. So basically, it follows a very similar. It's almost like watching a cartoon Batman Begins to a point mm-hmm. where it's it's a very similar situation. Yeah. You know, like Rob said, it's the story of both. It's kind of the origin story for both Bruce Wayne and Jim Gordon in this. Yeah, um, it has some great stuff. The comic book, especially this, has the the actual adaptation has some good stuff. But again, shot for shot remakes are really difficult to 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 master. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get a movie like Watchmen where. Shot for shot, beautifully done. Not the best movie. No, I like that movie too, and I and I, I, do I, I do too. I think he's he doesn't understand a lot of the comic, but I it is like panel yeah. for panel, and I think panel to panel for live action sometimes is just a little bit better. Because yeah. otherwise, it feels like you're just you're reading a comic yeah. book, but also yeah. not really enjoying it. Like I, I don't really know what they were trying, how, why they needed to make it an animated movie because they didn't do anything different than just reading it. So I guess it's just something for people who don't like to read. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was just because of the success, you know, that you've had with the animated Batman movies, you know, being pulled from storylines out in comic books or graphic novels. The one thing I did like about this movie is how much of a, excuse my French, Oh, bad! I don't speak French. Bad so. A that Gordon is in in means. this. It's so it's it's I, interesting you bring this up, and I want to really save it for our discussion. But I like so when I was younger, my only exposure to Jim Gordon was Batman the '60s TV show and Batman the film series, where he's a 
kind of a bumbling fool who relies yeah. on Batman for everything. With the walrus mustache. Yeah. With the walrus mustache. Like this. This but was. Uh, this one's like complete one eighty. Like I. Yeah, he's I action hero. Love, like he puts up a fight. I mean, he gets his butt handed to him at one point, but then he gets his revenge, which when he hands him the bat. Oh um, yeah. I was like, I was like, yeah, get it, yeah. Well, that's why, like, I Jim Gordon is while he's not. He, well, he's not morally perfect. He's just morally a, yeah. a good guy. And I like stories that show that Jim Gordon is just mm-hmm. – he's a very important part of the Batman mythos. And he's not just the guy that's calling Batman for help. He's also the guy that's going to get his hands dirty and get in the yeah. trenches. I love I love his story in The Killing Joke. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. he goes through an incredible trauma, but it comes yeah. out at the end of it where instead of killing the Joker who just paralyzed his daughter or thought he killed her yeah. and you know tormented him with naked photos of her bleeding out like he told Batman that I want him arrested by the book mm-hmm. like Jim Gordon is a very and again we'll get into it uh, yeah. in our next episode but we're talking about a movie that is a Jim Gordon story just as much as it is yeah. a Batman yeah. story I'm just looking at it now and it's they get so many of the essence of the panels right but they have lost the style to it like i have to say watching batman mask of the phantasm first and then seeing batman year one afterwards it was jarring to me because this this is a movie that's done on computers Mm -hmm. there's not that hand-drawn style that so it actually took me a minute because at first i was like oh this is ugly yeah then when i settled in i'm like all right fine just go with it but it just there was no style to the film at all, and and looking at the you know the Frank Miller David Musichelli artwork in there, it's like wow, there's so much cool imagery in this. Like the framing is similar in the film, yeah. But like the style is gone. But I don't fault anyone who has just seen the movie and not read Batman Year One and thinking that, oh, this is a great movie. Because, yeah, if you didn't know the origin, you know, again, it's one of those, you know, oh, the book is so much better. You know, I'm yeah. one of those <laughs> dorks right now. But it, it for me, it really was true. The mm-hmm. book is so much better. Fair. Fair, fair. Yeah. Star City ratings for Batman Year One, the movie, not right. not the graphic novel. Who would like to go first? I'll go first. Again, like, it's a good movie, you know, if it wasn't for the graphic novel, if this was just, you know, off the top of, the, you know, the dome, you know, without mm-hmm. anything, it would definitely score higher for me. But I'm going to go with the 3-5 for this. You know, we didn't even talk about the cast in yeah, this. Yeah, I was just I thinking mean, of... Brian Cranston, Ben McKenzie, Eliza Dushku, you know, like, there's... Wait, For, is that Ben McKenzie as in like Gotham? Ben yes. McKenzie? Wow. Yep. I didn't think I knew that. Yeah. So he 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 voiced Bruce Wayne. Cranston was uh, Gordon. You know, it was just interesting, and I and I do like uh, Selena Kyle mm-hmm. too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, but yeah, I, I go three and a half. Rob. Yeah, I, I I liked it. Actually, I couldn't figure out whose voice that was doing Jim Gordon until the credits. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's right, that's Cranston. It's I I again. It's funny too because I agree with you again. Three five. Yeah. It's it's fine. It's a B plus movie. Yeah. I don't think I wasted my time with watching it. Mm-hmm. I don't think anything was added to my life either. It just reinforced how great the source material was for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you could have done differently with it, but it's it's good enough. Yeah. I don't think it's required viewing, but it's it's not wasted viewing either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I give it. I think. 
three, three and a half. I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. It's, it's above average. It's not a bad movie. It's a, it's a good time. If you're a Batman fan, you've probably seen it, and you're you know you're familiar with Batman. You're one the comic book or the graphic novel. So like, I'm sure you're gonna want to watch the adaptation. The the cast is stacked. You got your Brian Cranston, Ben McKenzie, who plays Jim Gordon on Gotham, Eliza Dushku, who. I have such a crush on. I know. <laughs> no, I know. no, we're laughing about the fact that we just talked about how Ben McKenzie was from Gotham. I know, and I was reiterating the fact that you guys, like, are, I'm sorry, I'm not Eliza Reiter. I can't, I won't say Eliza Dushku. I won't say. We didn't uh, get to Eliza Dushku. You, you guys mentioned Eliza. Yeah, we did. Not not enough, though. Like, what do, what do you guys know her from, though? I Like, I know her as a name, but I don't really know her. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, is she Buffy? Bring, yeah. No, she no. No, no. I mean, like she's from Buffy. She's from Buffy. Yeah. She's uh, from Buffy. Bring it on. We were yeah. Know, fired yeah, those, up. Oh, those are all early nineties movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, Jay and Silent Bob. Jay and Silent strikes Bob. again. Yep. But uh, you got uh, who's another one? Stephen Root, Fred Tascator. Mm-hmm. Like you got some, uh, Steve Blum. You got some really solid actors in this movie. They bring. Mm-hmm. Ronnie just made his Ooh, face. You made a yummy sound. <laughs> Interesting. I didn't make a yummy sound. She was also She Hulk. An ultimate Spider-Man, and as well as Hulk and the Agents of Smash. Yes. Oh. Huh. Oh, I could have told you that. Well, why didn't you? No, oh, because we're talking about DC stuff. She was also in Jake and Amir. Yeah, because <laughs> she was married to um, Rick Rick Fox, Rick Fo- something, some former football player, and he was like football. Rick Fox is a basketball player. Him too. Okay. Yeah, but he was a big. <laughs> they they were friends with Jake yeah. and Amir. So, yep, Jake and Amir. Oh, I love Jake and Amir. But, uh, yeah, I think that's going to wrap us up on our discussion. I have one thing to add. Oh, hit oh. it. That is not Batman-related. It's oh, a yeah, callback to our it. news. So I looked this up, Japanimation. <laughs> Apparently, this was the common term for anime in the 1980s, but it was supplanted in the early 1990s among fans. It now sounds old-fashioned. Not, not you. <laughs> but it is not. It is, and I looked this up. It says it is incorrectly claimed to be pejorative. So it is not un PC to say Japanimation. It's just a, an 80s relic, which is what I am. <laughs> I mean, nobody wanted to say <laughs> it. All right. So is it time for our fan feedback Friday? Yep. Yeah, uh, a little bit slower this week. I know everybody's, I know a lot of. Our younger listeners are probably getting ready for their winter recess. But yeah. uh, Fan Feedback Friday this week, who are two comic book characters you would lo- you would listen to if they had a podcast? <laughs> so we had Deadpool and Wolverine together, or just Deadpool by himself. God. Kate Bishop and Yelena. Ooh. I would, I like okay. That. Anybody else it. have another one? This is uh, superheroes? Yeah, any two, I'll, any two comic I'll say, book characters. Uh, I'll say uh, C- CW's Arrow and Flash. That'd be interesting. Okay. Right? I would like uh, Cisco and basically anybody else. <laughs> yeah, really, the way this has to go is you have to think of somebody who's the really animated I personality. It. Yeah, Michael Pena, <laughs> and anyone he could just do an interview with with anybody. I would like him and Drax. Ooh, that would be a fun. Yeah, I, I would like to see uh, Drax and Groot. <laughs> oh yeah, that would be fun actually too. <laughs> That's funny. But I think that'll uh, pretty much wrap us up. Don't forget, guys, we're continuing our Batman-themed month, Bat Month, as I've been calling it in all of the very confusing episode titles I've been doing, because for some reason I did Bat Month Begins and then Bat Month Returns, but... And the movies were flipped. Mask of the Bat Month. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we'll do something like that. Mask of the Bat Month. At least this one will make sense. Year one. (laughs) Bat Month, year one. But, uh, Ronnie, if people want more content from us here at the Misfit Faction, how can they do that? They only have to ask. That's fair. Oh, there's you want... 
So yeah, you can ask us on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, just look up Multiverse Fancast on Facebook, and then on Instagram, it's the Misfit Faction. You can also find that same handle on Twitter as well as YouTube. And then, of course, you go to our website, themisfitfaction.com, where you will find writings from Rob as well as Paul. You also find all of our podcasts on there and our brand new merch store. Again, there's T-shirts for all four of our things i guess you could say our misfit faction media network as well as our three shows multiverse fancast cinematic adventures and mf uncensored as well as some stickers and we will be expanding that store within the next couple weeks or so as well if you have any things that you guys would like to buy from us as far as clothing items or anything else just let us know and we will put it out there for fun, you all fun fact fanny pack exactly like a fun fact fanny pack you can also right. you can put those suggestions in our new group the misfit faction media network on yes. facebook so make sure if you guys uh, search it just uh, send us a request and most likely one of us will allow you into it we will don't you worry don't you worry about a thing yes. but uh, i think that's gonna wrap us up for tonight as always i'm paul i'm ronnie and i'm rob and we will be back in a flash see ya Disborg.